Yeah, welcome everybody to another edition of the CarCast. This one is episode 88. Major, major debate about this, but I think we're going to have to stick with the Eric Lindros episode. I'm Owen Newkirk alongside Sean Shapiro. I know that you were really bartering hardcore for the 1988-89 Joe Sackick with the Quebec Nordiques. But, you know, I mean... Uh, Jim Montgomery did coin the Legion of Doom line. I think Lindros should be our guy. Well, and, and it's, a, it's a no-brainer, let's be honest. I mean, Dallas Stars legend Eric Lindros. <laughs> um, we were hockey, actually talking about the Flyers right before we started the cast tonight. Yeah. Hockey Hall of Famer uh, Eric Lindros, one of the uh, Hall of Hockey Hall of Famers that played for the Dallas Stars. Yep. Uh, Quite a few now. Yes. In recent um, years, we've seen the additions of Madonna, uh, Neuendijk. Karkarov. Uh, I was going to say Ed Belfour, <laughs> and then most recently Guy Carboneau and, and Sergei Zubov. Yes. Maybe Yuri Lettinen? I don't, Maybe. I don't see it happening, but... Um, we'll get to that. Anywho, there was a hockey game tonight, and... The, this is the after party of the post-game yes, show. He's Sean Shapiro, I'm Owen Newkirk. We've already lost structure. Yes. What do you think about tonight's hockey game? You know what? It was, uh... Had some fun with it. It was a good game. Seventh um, consecutive victories uh, ties the franchise record now as they beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-2. to Point streak goes to 12. The turnaround is now at 16 games where they've gone 14-1-1. Yep. Goal differential in that span is plus 26, yep. which is ridiculous. And the point percentage in that is 90, 90.6, 29 out of 32 points, which is absurd. It's the kind of thing... We said, well, if they do that, they'll be in great shape, but laughed about that after yeah. nine games. Like, there's no way. Uh, they'll have one more game tomorrow night against Chicago, and then they have the Thanksgiving break. Yeah. It's that little milestone where if you're in a playoff spot, you have a pretty good chance. And no matter what happens tomorrow in Chicago, they will be in a playoff spot on Thanksgiving. We thought that was going to be really hard for them yeah. to just make a playoff spot. But, Sean, if you – I mean, they have a chance mm-hmm. with the win tomorrow to tie St. Louis – for first place in the Central. The Blues play in Tampa on Wednesday before yeah. Thanksgiving. And then they play each other on Friday. Yeah. To say that they would be within one win of tying first in the Central after That's, nine games is just ridiculous. That's crazy. It's is crazy, it? isn't you it? You could have laughed out of the room. Yeah. It's, it, it would have been an asinine thought to have. We were so, saying, hey, you know, if they play like 700 hockey, yeah. they can get back to 500. Yeah. They played 900 hockey it's, for a month. Yeah, it's been it's crazy. So, yeah, it's really fun. And, and, and the other thing is, it's been fun to watch how different all these games have been, too, right? Like, tonight was a game where maybe one of their, probably one of their best first periods of the season, yep. I would think, based off overall play, things like that. A second period where took, well... Too many penalties. Too many penalties, but the penalty kill kind of really um, dug dug them out, and it, it was, was obviously huge there. Um, and then in the uh, power play found some some success, um, and you had you, we keep finding that combination of depth goal scorer provides, and so does you find one of those big guys tonight. It was Radulov, obviously, and Jason Dickinson comes up with the goal, and you just keep finding different ways to win games, and that's been kind of fun to watch. And it's been while the stars do have an identity. I, th- I think the fact that there is 
kind of a uh, multiple personality disorder in a good way. I yes, think no, it's, it's really good. Thing I think it's a good thing. You don't have all the pressure of your big guns yes. having to carry you every night. Last yeah. year it was great top line, great shutdown line, eh. Yeah. Great goaltending, right? Mm-hmm. Great penalty kill, power plays. It was okay. Yeah. Decent. It was top 10, right, at the end of the year. But um, this year, you don't know who's going to be the hero any given night, and that's good. No, it's very good. Um, um, the one thing that is kind of funny is that in this streak, people have said, is this the best the Stars can play? And the answer has been constantly no, because they can get better. They can be more consistent. Yes. But most importantly, and there's still a problem tonight, the two things we've said lately is they've got to stop taking so many penalties and their power play needs to improve. Well, tonight the power play got it done. Yes. It was a big reason why they won the hockey game. But they still took way too many. They took four minor penalties in the second period. Yeah. That has to be. I mean, they have to do better at that because, yes, their penalty kill has been phenomenal. Uh-huh. And it was great again. They only gave up two good quality scoring chances in that entire second period on the power play for Vegas, including five on three time. Not much, but a little bit. And it was all on that first one, first yeah. power play. And that save Bishop made on uh, Cody, Cody Glass yeah. from the, the right side of the net with his left pad uh-huh. was as his best save of the night. That or maybe the one-on-one against Riley Smith. Better shot from... Ben. The Riley Smith yeah. one was short-handed. Yeah. So, but uh, either way, just he didn't have to... Ben Bishop, just quickly, because we won't spend a lot of time talking about him tonight. Um, he didn't have to make the volume of insanely awesome acrobatic saves that Hudobin did yeah. against the Blackhawks, but he was very solid tonight. Yeah, he was. Um, so, let's, let's get into the game here. Let's get into it. So, the first period, and Stars come out and play extremely well. Um, I think the final shots were 16-4 to four or something like that. It was 16-6. 16-6, either way. Yeah, either way. Um, and we see the uh, kind of importance of... I, I, I put this note in my, in my 2020 after the game, where it's... It's hard to say you miss somebody when they go 5-0-1. You go 5-0-1 without them in the lineup like they did with John Klingberg. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. But, so, they they missed this version of John Klingberg. Let, let, let me put that Fair caveat point. Let me put that caveat on it. Because the way John Klingberg had been playing was just okay before the injury. The version we've seen of John Klingberg the last two games is the John Klingberg you, the Stars, expected. And they missed that version of well, him. It, it's also fair and due respect yeah. to a great player. He did not start the season well at all. No, he did not. He, no, looked, no, no, no. All, he looked out of sorts. He really struggled defensive zone coverage. Mm-hmm. The, the whole team wasn't very good. But yeah. A guy they lean on for a lot in terms of puck possession, zone exits, being in control on, in both offensive and defensive zones he really looked almost lost, which yeah. is really weird to say because he exploded onto the scene back in the Lindy Ruff era yeah. and has been sort of the number one guy offensively from the blue line ever since. And the first 17 games he played, you pointed this note out earlier yeah. today, four points. Yeah, He has as many points in two games since the injury that he did that first 17 games. Yeah, and He looks night and day a different player. And I think kind of... Although there was... Uh, we saw some uh, snippets like the Minnesota game, that third period. He started to come out of that. It's like they removed the shackles and off yeah. he went. But so tonight with Klingberg, there's a... For me, the big sequence you take... Uh, it wasn't technically back-to-back shifts because there was a shift for the other power play in between. But the big sequence for me tonight that was the I'm John Klingberg, I'm taking over a game shift was 
mid middle of the first period. He makes a pretty good defensive play to break up a chance for Vegas. Yep. Transitions the other way, draws the slashing penalty. Uh, I believe it's a slashing penalty from uh, Jonathan Marshall. So yes. the slot. To just to and then he got tripped after that. It yeah. could have been two penalties. It could have been to draw the power, set up the power play, and then on the power play. Uh, and then as soon power play starts go up one nothing. That was the same power play that Bishop made the save on Riley Smith. Yes. And they uh Rope Hens had a really good look in the slot. They played it low, bumped back to him in the in the hash mark. Yeah. And good save by Malcolm Subban. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Riley Smith off the turnover. Yeah. And then Klingberg's unit comes back out. Yeah, Klingberg's unit comes out and he oh boy. End up. Lane change. Lane change without it. I'm awake uh, now. Yeah. That guy, no, uh, no turn signal, no turn either. signal huh? Not at all. Sean, one of your better reactions of the night. Yeah. Um, oh, we got a groups question coming in. Oh, boy. Uh, anywho. You watch the road, I'll watch those. Slingberg unit comes out there. He walks the blue line. Um, shot gets the, basically uses kind of Radulov almost as a backboard on the deflection. Radulov does the simple thing, goes to the net, and stars her up one nothing. I said in the post-game show, and Bruce thought I was being overly harsh about Alexander Radulov. I said that John Klingberg basically scored that goal off of his teammate. That's how I put it. Is that fair? That's how I put okay, it. Okay, so yeah. you see it the same way. I, I, the point was, is I thought Klingberg did a, did the majority of the work on that, and I give him a lot of credit. Yes, and Bruce was like, well, Radulov had to go to the net, and yeah, that's a tough area to go. People are mean there. He's not People wrong. are mean. It's right. <laughs> you can get cross-checked and whacked and poked. People and, are mean. Well, they're not, they're not nice. But, uh... Oh, Nonetheless, this, we are getting close to the holiday season. Maybe they send greeting cards when you go to the front now. <laughs> but the point is, is that, yes, it, it's like the line A goal the other night. Yes. Credit for him for being in the right yeah. spot, but it hit him and went in I'm off not, his chest. I'm not, you're not discrediting Radulov in saying that. No, it's he still a, gets goal. It's okay to give credit to something, somebody without taking away credit from somebody else. I just else. thought Klingberg really was yes. great on that no, goal. No, he was really good on that goal. Then they double their lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dell. Uh, and speaking of Klingberg, he gets bowled over at his own blue line by Ryan Reeves. Yep. And as soon as Reeves ran him over, my first thought was, oh, I want to hit him back. And then I went, but the Stars still had the puck. I said, make him pay. Go yeah. score a goal so he's out of position. And then they attacked. They went down the right side. And then Cogliano from Sagan played across to where Reeves should have been. Yeah. And Lindell jumped in that spot and scored. I thought that was really a great response. It was uh... – Big goal for us, a uh, first goal since October 19th for him, yep. and also a, uh, it was kind of, it was very reminiscent of the goal he had called back in St. Louis. It uh, was second, oddly similar, wasn't second it? Second game of the season. Yeah, where it was coming down the get, slot on the power play. Coming down the slot, jumping into the play, and, and beating the goalie five hole, so very similar to Essa's other goal like that that was called back. His other first, his other goal of the season was a power play tip uh, in Philly. But um, you know what's amazing, Sean, is that we've talked about it before. Yeah. How different the start of the season would have been had that goal counted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Been. I mean, it would have been instead of losing their first two mm-hmm. and continuing losing their next one, they could have been one and one at having gone into St. Louis and beaten the Blues for the first meeting since. Game seven of the second round. That would have been an uplifting win too, especially after losing three players yeah. due to injury. I mean, what? It, I mean, obviously it's it's moot now, it's, but it's in the past. So, but yeah. it's fun to think about where that alternative universe could have gone. Yeah. So stars continue to outplay Vegas in the first period, um, feeling pretty good. Two nothing headed into the second, and uh, then you have uh, Vegas. That's 
period gets filled with penalties. Stars end up giving, taking four minors. Uh, there's four a, power plays. Four power plays, um, 18 seconds of five-on-three crossover. and How about the uh, start of that five-on-three for Blake Como? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Wins the faceoff, mm-hmm. right? So he's, he's not a natural centerman. Mm-hmm. Wins the draw because Jim Montgomery, we've talked about this before. Blake Como is highly trusted as a defensive forward. Yes. From Jim Montgomery's standpoint. Five on three, you have two defensemen out there, one forward. He can pick his whole bench. Mm-hmm. He picks Blake Como. There's a reason for that. Yeah. You've gone over it. Yeah. Wins the draw, and they basically nullify the five on three without yeah. any setup. Yeah, time. really well done. And uh, so because of all of that, it, it created two really dy- interesting dynamics in the second period. First of all, the Stars only had two shots in the second period. On goal. In the entire period, they scored a half. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, it became a game where a lot of the Stars' biggest skill players didn't really have much of a ice time impact because... It was all penalty kill. It was all penalty kill. And Jim Montgomery has, and I think it's been rather smart, is was especially smart with the back-to-back where... Jamie Benton, Tyler Sagan, Alexander Redfield have never killed penalties, but yes. <laughs> those guys, those guys aren't killing penalties, and so their minutes were kind of uh, were kind of uh, were limited in the second there and limited yep. for the night. Which, quick note, that could be a, maybe that's the silver lining for tomorrow, where you have more energy for Jamie Benton and Tyler Sagan than you typically would because of. I think it's the reason why they've been better in back-to-backs yes. this year. Yes, they were a little bit better last year, but they've been quite good in the second game. And part of it is because they haven't been overextended. Yeah. And I thought going into this one, Sean, because of the way, the style that Vegas yeah. plays, where they really grind and they stay at you for the whole game, it's something that Rick Bonus really talked about this morning, that it's not conducive for being the first game of a back-to-back. There, there are very few easy games in the NHL yeah. that better. This is definitely not one of those yeah. as far as energy consumption. No, it's not. But... They have a 2 nothing lead in the second period, yeah. all the penalty kill time, and unfortunately, right after the fourth one ends, uh, Vegas scores. Yeah. And it's a goal by Shea Theodore, their defenseman, that could have been a major talking point in this hockey game were the results have been different, yeah, because it was not a good goal from Ben Bishop, but because of the way the team played and the way the, the result came out, and for the rest of the game, the way Bishop played, it really is not that big a deal. No, it was. I mean, it's one of those goals where... It's a great initial move, bad goal. Like, it's a great initial move to get around Jamie Benn, I believe, is who he got around. Uh, and I like the effort to throw one on net short yeah, side because it yeah, surprised everybody. So it's a great initial move, bad goal on Bishop. Uh, and But end up not being that big of a deal because these stars end up getting the... Uh, they end up taking a 3-1 lead. They score basically what the eventual game winner, a... Uh, well, number 18 continues to have yes. fantastic performances. Yes, and Radulov gets the primary assist on that. I thought Radulov did... Um, I thought tonight was kind of an encapsulation of Alexander Radulov when he's at his best. By the way, Sean just went high on turn four. Yeah. And uh, and he held it. I, you know, he has a special match set of tires. Here we go. And was able to not crash into the wall. <laughs> but anyway, you're and, right. Yeah. Uh, good goal by Dickinson. Yeah, but, but I was saying on Radulov, it's and a, a nice setup. Yeah, but Radulov tonight overall was kind of a full encapsulation of what he is when he's at his best. Where it's a combination of that effort and being in the right spot and a well focused effort, not taking stick penalties, and then also using his skill to open things up like he did on the goal by Dickinson. Yes. Yeah. It's three one. Um, stars go into the third period. The uh, Vegas ends up. 
cutting the lead back to 3-2 on a, uh, basically a Stone, it was the Stone, Stastny, and uh, Hatcheretti line. Um, ends up uh, forcing a neutral zone turnover, coming back, putting together, putting... And it was a nice goal. It was a nice goal, yeah. A, a great finish. The, the pass by Mark Stone was excellent. Yep. And Stastny gets a goal. Rewarded. He had some very good chances in the game tonight. Yep. He, uh, I mentioned it before in our radio show. It was his 900th NHL game. Yeah. 240th goal in his NHL career. And, Sean, I had to pick the three stars tonight. Before the fourth goal, yeah. the Stars' second power play goal of the night, scored by Radulov. At that point, I was considering naming Stassi the third star. And I think he would have been justified in that. Uh, he was it, good. Yeah. If it was a 3-2 game and they won, they held on and won with that, or maybe an empty netter, Stassi's probably in there because yeah. uh, I was really, you know, not wanting to ignore the Golden Knights. They were decent. Yeah. But after a couple of really questionable non-calls yep. by the officials that really got the crowd going, which was mentioned by Jim yeah. Montgomery in the post game, mm-hmm. that he, that was a big thing and thought it maybe helped sway the officials a little bit. They get a penalty, yeah. and 10 seconds, that's a power play. When you score in the first 10 seconds, that's two things. One, they won the faceoff, which they seemed always, not always, but it seems like a lot of times they lose that first draw. Get cleared out, now you have to start from a, an entry 200 feet away. But... Boy, this Radulov goal was, a, I mean, great shot to get it to the net, but he did it. I mean, going to the backhand on the rebound, scoop and bury it. Yeah. He was great on that one. And another example of small moments in this run, um, Matthias Janmark had not been on the power play all night. Right. Um, and the one moment of load management, or whatever word you want to use, of, okay, let's save Essa Lindell's minutes, since we're going to probably need him for 25 minutes tomorrow night in Chicago. He's trying to time it. He's trying to time making it. Making the passengers a little nervous that he's just going to go flying through the intersection. Uh, but um, Just kidding. Basically, as I was saying, Essa, we're not going to put Essa out there for that power play. Well, at that he, point, he'd already played 5-13 on the penalty kill oh, yeah. in the game. And so Yanmar goes in, though, and helps win that battle and sets it up. It's, it's just another example of small little pieces that all kind of come together during a point streak right. and win streak like this. And that's it's the same. It's, the, it's sort of an analogy like the no-hitter. Yeah. There's all sorts of little moments throughout a game that lead to the culmination of a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. Great defensive play, maybe uh, – you know, the perfect throw, catch, you know, all those things. Well, you think of it, all, all of the no-hitters are perfect games, not all of them, but a lot of them, you always think there's that one, there's always that great defensive play at one some point in the game. just yeah. keeps it alive. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Same idea with this. Yeah. So 4-2, uh, one of the things that really was impressive to me, Sean, was after the 4-2 lead, they still had eight minutes left. Yeah. Cody Eakin got behind the defense once. Mm-hmm. Bishop smothered it very quickly, made a good save. I don't know if he can got a great shot off, but he was yeah. one-on-one. After that, Bishop had to make some saves, but I did not have a single quality chance it recorded. Was, they shut everything down. I thought the Stars yeah. really managed the final eight minutes well. Yeah, they shut everything down, and then they went and got on the plane and flew to Chicago. Seven straight wins matches the franchise record. Uh, 12-game point streak ties for the fourth longest in franchise history. Uh, just the numbers keep getting up there. Yeah. It's impre- it really is incredible. Let's get to the lightning round. Okay, we have lots to get to tonight, as we normally would. And so we're going to go search the CardCast hashtag and get it going here because it's all about you, the people, for the lightning round. Uh, of course, Sean, the last one has a picture of ACDC 
and Angus Young wearing the schoolboy suit that's grouped. We'll get to that. Okay. But we're going to go back a couple hours. Boy, quite a few. How about that? Okay. So, three hours ago, Casey sent in the first question. Okay. Uh, actually, technically, Luke sent one in yesterday. Yesterday. I feel like that's, that was probably the late one. Um, let's see. Seeing back-to-back performances from the guys in the crease based only on their performance this season, which goalie do you protect against the draft? I think he's talking about the expansion draft. That's not an, you, it's, it's, it's not a choice. It's not an issue, or it's also not an issue. Why is it not an issue? Because, um, well, because the expansion draft is A2021, right? That's right. It's not this coming summer, but it's the following. Um, a, it's not a choice because Ben Bishop has the no-move clause. They can't protect two goalies. And B, um, Anton Hudobin, even if you re-signed Anton Hudobin for next season, which is another discussion for another day, you'd likely only re-sign him to a one-year deal anyway. Perhaps. And then you're and, – and also, I don't think someone takes a 35-year-old goalie in the expansion draft. Yeah, I don't either. It's not like I, – I, I think that's I, – I don't think – the expansion draft talk and, and, and what will John Klingberg's extension look like in three years? A lot of that stuff is fun, but like, I'm I want to live more in the moment of this team right now. Okay, move like, on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, Casey. Yeah, yeah. Jordan writes in is 34. Dennis Gurianov yeah. coached to push the puck to open space so he can go get it. I thought he played well and made a strong case to stay in the lineup. There were a couple instances during the game tonight where basically what he did is he nudged the puck around a defender into space and then tried to basically leg it out he is, to some success and to some not success. On he, the comparison we used uh, in the writer's area of the press box tonight, um, I was talking to uh, Matt, uh, Matt DeFranks from the Dallas Morning News. We were talking, Hi, Matt, in case you're listening. We were talking about the... Uh, he looks like that kid who's the fastest kid in the youth soccer game. Yes. And so he can just kick, put the ball five feet in front of everyone. And just beat them all to race for the ball. Yes. Yeah. And he does look like he can't be caught if you give him enough of a straight line race. Yes. Um, Really would love to see the Gurionov hence Haskinen drag race. Fastest skater? Yeah. uh, Straight line. And then also maybe a lap. Yeah. Because I think they're different. Stars don't do one of those, like, skills competitions no. that some teams do, but it'd be fun to see. It'd be fun. I don't know if it's really necessary, but it would be a lot of fun. Uh, None of this is necessary. Trex20 <laughs> writes in, why does Jamie refuse to wear a visor? Tonight isn't the first time he's been hit near the eyes. Seems stupid to continue to take risk. Many other players have adjusted to playing with one. Uh, well, the answer is Jamie wore a visor his rookie year in the NHL, and then when they moved him to center, he didn't like wearing a visor because of face-offs. And now he'll never go back. He said he said he's never go back. He's too used to it. And I think the best retort of all time is our uh, former colleague who is now enjoying retirement, Mark Stepneski, used to tell Jamie, "Why don't you wear a visor?" And Mark and Mark and Jamie would respond to Mark asking him, "Why don't you wear a visor to work?" So. <laughs> <laughs> kind of was weird, but. In- he didn't have much of an answer, did he? Essentially, Jamie Ben is not. He, that's his, what he's comfortable with. He's Why not does he refuse? Because he doesn't want to, and he's allowed to by the rules. Yes. Uh, he Gall- will probably be the last player in the NHL with a visor. Gallup August. Man, what an exhilarating and cathartic win to tire franchise record. By the way, speaking of cathartic, it was the first win in franchise history against the Vegas Golden Knights at home. Uh-huh. Granted, it's the seventh time they've played. 
but they were one in five, and their only win came in Vegas. By the way, the Stars are two and zero in their franchise against Malcolm Subban and the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. So maybe the real question is why didn't Gerard Gallant start Mike That was an Andre odd Fleury? start decision. Um, just Malcolm Subban as I don't think he's an NHL quality backup, but that's. Galbaga's question, though, is why the Stars are second in goals against average, yet they inexplicably don't have a single shutout this year. How strange is this on a scale of 0 to 10? I mean, I usually people give it a 1. Uh, 0 to 10 is strange, right? Yeah. yeah. So on the range of well, he's talking 0. About, he's talking about shutouts, so I guess. Right, well, no, the range would be 0 as in not strange at all. Yeah. Usually, I mean, I, is, is that not weird? People like, say on a scale of 1 to 10 is a cliché. Is yeah. a common. Thing. Well, maybe he's trying to break out of the cliches. Well, I, like I said, it's he a little could, strange. He could have said from zero to eleven. Why, why not just make ten then a bit highest number? <laughs> but this one goes to eleven. Anyway, five. I'll go with five. I'm going to go with zero just because it's weird. Okay. Uh, Brad writes in. I've been a proponent of subbing either Cogs or Como for Gurianov's offensive potential, but I've come around to the quality job they do in their role. The FCC line was really good. The last two games. Question. So that was his comment. Okay. Loud comments. Question. Is Klinger the difference on the power play tonight? Yes. Tonight on the power play, yes. Look, the FCC line is good every night, pretty much. I don't know if I've ever seen them have a really bad game because even their, what, B-minus game that Monty loves to say about a guy like Blake Como, it, when he doesn't have a great game, he's still at a B-minus. He's not at a... I mean, they've and had a D. They've had mistakes. They've like yes. Sure, everybody has mistakes, but they seem to be an incredibly consistent but line. Part of it's because they are full of experience. It's a high floor. It's a high floor line. I'll use that. Yes. So. Carl writes in, how much better will Klingberg look moving forward now that he's on our second D pairing, and we'll be getting easier matchups. Also, how insane is it that he's on our second D pair? Is he on the second D pairing? Is he on the first? I mean, it's. I don't. I mean, he's with. But here's the thing: the stars shuffle their D yeah. pairings based on situations. I, I think it's 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 the old. It's my old rant of we get too attached to line and D order that we see in. Well, line they rest. change lines a yeah. lot. Yeah, and so it's like, I. No, I mean it's. I, I wouldn't say he's their second D pair. I would say the stars have three players, three defensemen who play top top pair minutes, and all that rotation goes into that. Randall didn't know if we had a car cast tonight, so he actually wrote in and said, so we have a car cast tonight. Yes, Randall, we do. If so, I want to know who your pick for Norris is and why is it Miro? Long way to go. Long way to go. He will deserve to be in the Norris conversation. I He should be in the Norris conversation, and as someone who votes on the award, um, I will say... Vote for Miro. I will, no, that's not what I'm saying. Vote for Donnelly. I, I will say he's in the... He's definitely in the conversation... I also... He's not going to win it this year. He's not going to win it this year. Why? Because you have to have a breakout year to get on the people's exactly. attention before they vote for you. Yes, and John Carlson's probably going to win it based off the points. Interesting comment, though, that Rick Bonus said this morning. He says, you know, he's been around the league a long, long time. Yeah. He took the morning scrum for Monty, who was ill and didn't attend the morning session mm-hmm. at the AAC. And he said, when asked about Miro, after the end of the playoffs, when people saw him play at the playoffs... He said a yes. bunch of his, was it reporter friends? He said, he said reporters were. Said to him, boy, I should have voted for him in the Calder. I want to I, I know which reporters he, he had apologizing to him. I'm going to guess, oh, and I'll do respect to Rick Bonus, but older reporters that have been around the league a while because he has also been around the league a while. 
Yes. It's not the new crop, don't you think? Yeah, but some of the new crop didn't vote for him. Well, that's the problem, Those too. are the people I have a beef with. And I want to hear more about that, but not right now. Okay, Sean, let's go to the next one. Are you ready? Yes. Are you? I am. Are you really? Yes, I'm really ready. I know, because I know when you're playing with your phone, you don't pay attention. I'm hitting tweet on my game story from tonight. Yes. By the way, Sean is multitasking with... We are parked. We are parked. <laughs> yeah, well, at, least, <laughs> at least he's not driving and playing with his phone. I'll give him that. Stefan writes in, think Fadoon could slot in for tomorrow's game. Thought Alexiak struggled a bit lately with mistakes, and maybe Sekra is a bit tired. He looks slow tonight, even slower than usual. Um, I, I think it's possible. I also think I've, I, I took some intrigue in Rick Bonus intentionally bringing up Joel Hanley today as well. Well, he played well when he because played. I, to be honest, maybe there's, not, maybe there's a possibility Fadoon and Hanley both come in tomorrow. I think that I wouldn't blow me away, but it would be very notable. Yes. So, uh, Colin writes in, how long do you think, do you both think the Stars can keep this point streak going? Will Chicago end the point streak tomorrow night? Also, I truly enjoy both of y'all's insights. Oh, I hit a wrong button. Hold on. We're still there. And perspectives. Thank you for the solid car cast. Hashtag car cast. How long do I think the point streak will go? I'm not going to predict how long it's going to go. The point is, is that they're uh, finding ways to win, which is always a sign of a good team. Yeah. But I thought they played much better tonight than they did against the Blackhawks. Called 16 games. I'll It'll be games. interesting thing is can they avoid the back and forth, up and down trading of chances? Although, Sean, I do agree with somebody that tweeted at me earlier today that Dennis Gurionov would seemingly thrive in that kind of a wide-open back-and-forth style game. Yeah. Uh, Larson writes in, did you all yell for Bishop to shoot the puck on the empty net? I know I jumped off the couch when he had the puck in the final minute. No yelling, but, like, I thought there well, was... First there of all, let's, let's clarify. Sean's in the press box, right? Were uh-huh. you there or, you still, or did you go down? I watched from the press box. Okay, so you're in the game, press yeah. box. Yeah. It is frowned upon to make any it's against the rules. cheering... Right, press box etiquette is don't yell yeah. or cheer. Right, mm-hmm. I'm in a in our broadcast booth during the game, so we can yell all we want, which we frequently do. But by that point, we were down in the lower bowl camera well that we get to because otherwise we wouldn't be able to get to the yeah. post game show position at Valor in time. I definitely yelled out loud, "Shoot it!" and maybe even cursed. I'm not sure, but yes, as soon as he had it on a stick, I was like, "Come on, go for it!" And he he, he looked. He looked. There was uh, a thought. There but was he didn't a thought, but it was Vegas actually clogged the middle real quick, so it was would have been a. He would have had to lift the thing over over the heads to get that down. And it's there. not actually a uh, not that I don't not that I don't think Ben Bishop can lob the puck up like that. He can. The way he handles the puck though is more of a saucer style as opposed to the high flip. Well, it'd have to be yes, a high. It sauce. would have to be the high flip, yeah. Uh, Jen writes in, looks like Roman Polak has been making a concerted effort to score a goal. Am I imagining things? No. In fact, one of the things that people always think about this stay-at-home defensive physical brute is that he constantly jumps into the offense and is always looking to, to – he barely scores, but when he does, they're always pretty. He had one last year that was pretty. So. He almost had one the other night, too. Yeah. Tweeter greeter, fun game. I see that Radulov is talking to the media again. <laughs> in honor of that, can you tell us anything enter- – any entertaining stories about hockey players feuding with the media? Any Marshawn Lynch-like tales? Sean? <laughs> well, it's not that Radulov hasn't been talking to the media this year. He's just, it was the last year of the, uh, 
is infamous him deciding to hide from the media last year after during the playoffs. Um, well, remember he got healthy scratched. Yes, and then he started hiding. And he started hiding, and then he scored a hat trick, so. and he didn't answer for it. Yeah. And it became a thing when it did Well, no, he did, he did speak to the media after he scored the hat trick. Did he? Yes, he did. Okay. But then after that, he continued to hide. Um, any feuding pot? I mean, I think there's... I haven't had any of the... I haven't had any of the moments where you've had the type of feuding that people think with Marshawn Lynch or anything like that. You have people who are just bad interviews, but... Um, Which makes it less conducive to want to ask for them for another interview. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't really have... I mean, there's... Yeah, let's move on. Okay. Sean has thoughts in his head that he doesn't want to share. I'm, I'm supposing. I don't know anything about it. I just, oh, there's there's just certain things yes. on a professional level that I should. That, that Ardell writes should. in. Can you both talk about the AHL days? What's the reporter slash player dynamic like there? Will you talk about some of your AHL history and or memories of current roster guy roster guys, please? So first and foremost, we could do a whole car cast on that and it wouldn't even scratch the surface. Yes. But to me, the biggest difference in interaction from the AHL to the NHL for me is that I don't see the players on a more regular basis in a non-media-focused setting like I did in the AHL. In the AHL, is the play-by-play guy and PR guy and travel with the team on the buses, on the planes. We fly charters, so it was commercial flights, 6 in the morning. So you have more of a regular, uh, hey, how you doing, human being interaction Mm-hmm. in non-media availability settings. Now, for me, most of the time, with some few exceptions, the only interactions with players that I have, and Sean, you're in the same boat for the most part, is in structured media settings, meaning availability after practice in the locker room, morning skates, after games. There are brief snippets, and you get a little bit more of it on the road because I'm not traveling yeah. with the team at the moment, uh, but... That is the biggest difference for me in general. I mean, there are lots of stories, but that's kind of the biggest thing for me. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing that's interesting, because it's the kind of a little bit of an opposite swing. So the one thing that's different, um, and one thing that's different for how Texas Stars do it, just as far as the Texas Stars don't open the locker room. Um, That's true. The Texas Stars don't open the locker room, so... I actually feel like I have I have way more access in the NHL from the perspective of being able to go into the locker room right. and talk to players. In the AHL, the Texas Stars don't open the locker room. Um, you still they make I, everybody available, but yeah. it's different. Um, you still build. I, I think something that you that happens in the AHL, from my perspective, um, and it's one of the reasons. It's just one of the, it's you build a rapport with guys when they're in the minors, and you get to know guys then. And I think that goes a long way, just getting to know these people as humans. And I think it helps a lot of my relationships now with guys. Like I think I have, yes. I think I have a lot of better relationships with quite a few of the guys on the roster who played in the AHL. I and, do too, by and, by far. And then there's other guys who I didn't cover in the AHL who I have better understanding of where they came from, which helps me make a better relationship. Seems like with them. they're easier to get to know on a personal level than the guys that are straight NHLers, and that's not nothing against yeah. those guys, but yeah, there is a difference yeah. there. Yes. Um, ma- uh, that's, okay, so that gets us to their call for questions. Okay, wow. 
Yeah, Mads writes in, will the Stars team hold up? Do you see them finishing top three in the league or closer to last year's record? I think this team is a, a divisional spot team. I think they're barring top. Barring collapses and things. I, I don't know if they're – like, Sean, um, at the end of the first ten, nine games, there's no way this team is a is out of the wild card, right? Yeah. If they make the playoffs at all, we're saying wild card team if we're lucky. Yes. Now we're saying they have a chance to win. It doesn't necessarily mean they will, yeah. but they are as good a candidate as St. Louis and Colorado. So, what, what this run has done for me is I've gone from <laughs> my major change. My, well, my preseason prediction for the Stars going back to before the season started was I thought they would be in that 2-3 playoff I, series. I thought they were going to finish second. I thought they were in that 2-3 playoff series. I now believe there's a chance that they will be. They could win the division. I'm not saying they will, but I think they could. The, my first point was at the beginning of the season was that they don't have to win the division. That's not the first goal because the goal is to be playing well and make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Hit the playoffs and go from there. You're going to face a good team regardless. We saw the two top seeds get swept out of the first round. Yeah. Right? We All four of them. All four division all four, winners. The, all four lost. Not yeah. all swept, but yeah. all four division winners lost last year. So it doesn't mean anything. But in theory – You'd rather be the number one team in your division playing a wild card team than playing the 2-3. Yeah. You would think that would be a better matchup. Last year did not suggest, did not actually no. go through with that. So yeah. the most important thing is this team to be building something throughout the year and be playing well by the time playoffs start. Yeah. Uh, nice to be talking about them as thinking they're a contender again instead of a they're not going to make the playoffs, and this is going to be a horrible setback. Yes, yes. Aaron writes in, in retrospect, how close were the Stars to making major changes before the tides turned, speaking of that, and what do you think would have been the first, sh- uh, first? I think she meant shoe to drop. It says show to drop. Uh, hopefully it's not the radio show. Um, <laughs> that would have been the change. Oh, my well, God. I don't well, think it radio helped, show. but, I mean, here's the thing, Sean. We knew that Minnesota game, something bad was going to happen. Yes, what it was, we weren't sure, but we knew something was going to happen. Yes. Do you have any thoughts? Um, we're almost there. Okay, the we've got two left in the. In the yeah, no, line. I'm thinking of what thoughts I have. Um, it's hard to hit it on the spot. Like yeah, it's that, hard to it? like. Um, there would have been like there would have been changes. Um, I think there would have been. I think somebody would have lost a job. I'm not sure exactly which person. I have special teams coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Cowboys joke for those yes. of you not completely yes. up on things. Yes. Um, I think I think what you're looking at more of a spot where um, I think the GM seat was a bit hotter than the coach's seat at the time. But Yeah, I mean, considering yeah. Monty got him to the playoffs in year one, he's only in year two. Yeah. It had only been nine games. That I feel like that would have been a really harsh yeah. and, move. Yeah. Yeah, and you also have finding like I don't I don't know if the coaching change I, I think they like who they I think the ownership likes who they got as the coach, and I think they yeah. would want to kind of keep working with that, and so I think it was more so two more years on the contract to pay. Yes, exactly. Which is not yeah one point one point yeah I believe one point four million for each of the next. Huh. Like, I'll take that. Yes. To not work or work. I'll yes. be happy to come in. Yes. Uh, it's, Alistair, not, it's not EPL 
axed manager. I'm so glad you said that (laughs) because one of our uh, friends from the UK has a question. Oh, okay. Frequent uh, footballer conversation. Uh, Alistair Poppins writes, uh, and thank you for writing, Alistair. Uh, Hi, Owen and Sean. I don't have a question. I just woke up and didn't see the game. I just wanted to say I really enjoy the CarCast. It's a great source of game news for those of us abroad. Absolutely buzzing to keep waking up to Stars wins at the moment. Cheers. Cheers. Great comment. Yes. Uh, Liverpool-Napoli Champions League game on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham this week? Uh, Olympiacos. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Today? Tuesday, yeah. Technically today. Yeah. Jose Mourinho back in the Champions League. Yes. Oh, boy. All right, Sean, you ready for the Groobs one? Yes, we'll this is, we're, we're finishing with the closer as we should. Groobs writes in, how spiffy was Sean's suit tonight? And how much will it take to get him to wear the Angus Young schoolboy suit sometime? And here's a gif of him playing the guitar in the schoolboy suit. So, first no. of all, yes, he would totally do it. No, I wouldn't. It would be for a lot less money than you think it would be. No. If somebody provided you that suit, tailored to your needs, <laughs> for a very, like, you do it for 50 bucks. I don't think I would do that for 50 bucks. I bet you would. No, I... I'm not giving you $50 for this, <laughs> but I'll bet you somebody will go fund me. If you get to 1000 Sean will do it like that, right? 1000 bucks, yeah, I'd do it. See, we're already <laughs> at 1000 so now we're starting... Would you do it for 500 bucks? Probably not. Really? I don't know. $500 maybe. to wear a suit with uh, dress shorts, and you could pick your own sock length. You don't have to wear the guitar. I can't play guitar. You don't have to play it. It's just wearing the outfit. <laughs> I bet you I bet you do it for $500. I'm not going to He's not going to say no. I'm not going to lowball myself for 1000 bucks. So you've set the bar. You already that's... said yes to 1000. I'm just I, saying I, I bet you do I, it for I, 500. I'm saying I would 1000 if uh... I think if somebody put $500 in front of you and said here's the suit, you'd go, "Okay." You've seen worse in press boxes in the NHL than the schoolboy suit. A lot less dressy too, right? Yes. I mean LeBron wore the the short suit he also had the, like the six million dollar bag or two or something like that. Okay, fair, <laughs> but comparatively, do we really want to go into what would be worth of the bag that you would have compared to what the net worth and bag of LeBron James? <laughs> no, I mean, no, it would it would humble both of us. Yes, completely. Pro- proper use of the word humble, by the way, yes. make us feel small and worse about exactly. ourselves. Exactly. All right, uh, Groobs, thanks. You always come up with the best questions. He's our narwhal buddy. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Because we are out of questions and it's oh, late. That's, uh, I guess it's the last show before Thanksgiving. Yes. Great point. No car cast tomorrow because we will not be in the same location yes. for stars Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, everyone have a, I guess have a happy holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. One of my favorites on the calendar. In fact, probably my favorite holiday. Just have a happy Thanksgiving and, uh, I guess we'll uh, we will be talking again on Black Friday after a game against St. Louis. It will be a fun one because it'll be the first Blues trip to Dallas since regular season, since the playoff series. Yes. All right. Uh, Eric Lindros episode is tied in a bow. We'll have to figure out number eighty nine on Friday. Thanks, guys.